Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 538 for the week of April 4th, 2020. I'm your host, Annie Marie Privetier, and we have told all the boys to go home. Boys are dumb, throw rocks at them. And uh, it, it's Lady Cast this week. Hello, ladies. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Good, good morning. Hi, Alex. My boy was sweet. Oh, Hi, uh, sorry, Kelly, I cut you off. No, my boy was sweet this morning. He uh, got me breakfast. Oh, mine took our cat to the vet, <laughs> which we will not discuss. My, my, my husband is asleep next door. Oh, is he taking a nap? Yep. Because it's like what six o'clock? No, four. Five o'clock. Five. Five. five, five okay. Five. All right. Oh, right. Because we've lined up daylight savings time with the rest of the world again. Yep. Hurrah! Yay. It's as if we're the only one that's ass backwards. Canada's getting rid of daylight savings time entirely in, well, rolling, but I think starting either this year or next year, so I'm pretty stoked. Won't affect I'm me until I back, but... I'm sincerely hoping that the U.S. will follow suit, but they won't. It's complicated, and there's politics involved. Yeah, so, who'd, have thought, who'd have thought the time zones were so complicated? <laughs> time zones are hard. So instead, we're going to talk about easy stuff. We're going to talk about video games. So Woo-hoo. I had a sort of interesting week this week because um, I, I talked about this last week. I'm like, all right, I'm, I played Final Fantasy Adventure. I'm, I'm throwing down my five-hour rule, and I'm moving on to the next game. All right, so I started Secret of Mana. And I ended up getting about four hours in. I was about level 10 or 12 between all of my characters. And I'd gotten my first magic. And I was at four hours. And I'm like, it's not that I don't like this, but it isn't what I want right now. So I have Mm -hmm. also instituted my five-hour rule on Secret of Mana. I'm probably going to get some hate mail for this. And I might go back to it or I might not. I haven't decided. Um, but I decided, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play Rune Factory 4 Special because I got a super amazing deal on it, importing it from the UK. <laughs> Even with Funny shipping that. fees, it was still like 25% off. <laughs> so yeah, I, I imported a copy of Rune Factory 4 Special and I, I put that into my Switch because I'm like, all right, if this doesn't click... The problem isn't the game, it's me. And I then proceeded to play almost eight hours of Rune Factory 4 special in a single day. Ah. But then, then, ladies, ladies, Nintendo said the magical words. Limited time craftables. Oh, well, oh, oh, no. So you've, so you've got the zipper problem too, huh? I, I have a zipper problem. Because Bunny Day started in Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, the the memes around Zipper because apparently nobody likes Zipper. Um, apparently, he's pretty creepy. I I think he's cute. He's like he's like a Disney actor, where it's like they well, are a thousand percent in a costume, and as soon as no one's looking, they're like, Oof. Well, I, wait, I is- think. Isn't Zipper the one that requests photographs of you? Like, what? Ooh. No. Oh, no. I'm, I'm no, that's Harv. Thinking... Oh, okay. Harv is a little pervy. 
<laughs> a little. But no, I think part of the problem with Zipper is that he looks like one of the uh, bunny costume characters from Silent Hill 3. Like, I've seen side-by-side screenshots, and the resemblance is kind of uncanny. Doesn't he kind of look like Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah, yeah, that too. So, I guess the conclusion that we've come to is rabbits are horrifying. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you seen the Watership Down movie? No, what's that? Oh my um, god, you've not seen that? The, the animated one from the 70s, it's pretty gruesome. It learned, or it taught me that rabbits are not as cute and innocent as people would perceive them to be. They can be pretty violent. So, it, it, Watership, Watership Down, if you're not familiar with it, is, is an animated thing, like Kelly said. Um, but the thing is, is, on the surface, it kind of looks like one of those go-happy disney animal movies and in reality it's a gong show in reality it's nightmare fuel oh yeah it's it's like yeah it's like rabbits having civil wars or whatever and foxes and stuff it's not pretty okay so that's going on my never to watch (laughs) list but But i i mean it scarred my husband for life so okay definitely not watching this well, because people thought it was a kid's film. Mm-hmm. Because it was oh. animated. Because oh, it no. was animated and had cute fluffy bunnies in, and they showed it to their six-year-olds. This is like heavy metal, isn't it? It's a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Is All right. it from the 70s, though? Jesus Christ. I, I can't remember. I, I know that it was um, either late, seven, late 70s or really early, early 80s. Can, oh, yeah. Nin- 1978. Can, yeah. Can we go away from the Nightmare Fuel and back to Zipper? <laughs> because I have egged. I have egged high and low from sea to shore. And in fact, my house is so eggy. <laughs> I have an egg bed. I have an egg poster. I have multiple egg clocks on the wall, including some that were made but with... um. Uh, cherry leaves uh, t- uh sakura petals yeah uh, help me please words hard um, cherry, blossoms. cherry blossoms oh thank you i just someone had to be saying it and i knew it would come out all right yeah i have cherry blossom clock and like cherry blossom accessories and bamboo stuff and da, da. Mm-hmm. yeah i have carpets and flooring and every single outfit except for the earth one because i can't get enough earth eggs together Oh, it's a, based on number? Yeah, so um, there's there's all sorts of... So there's tons of balloons right now. So many balloons. Mm-hmm. And there's so extra... Many that they, so many that so they many broke that the they, game. Yeah, so many that they broke the game, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so there was a bug that if you shot down a certain number of balloons, no one would move into your town anymore. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> It, it was well, weird. That, it was like the greater number of balloons that you shot down, the less likely someone was to move into your town. It got fixed real fast. Yeah. And I think there was also a bug that like after you shot down 300 of them, no more would spawn. Cool. I didn't do quite that many. But I think I have my stamp for shooting down 200. I'd have to look at my stamp. I can't remember. I just that this was the week that I learned that slingshots could break. Yeah, Which everything can break. Except your ladder and your pole. 
Um, I don't think. I don't know. I I kind of assumed that they could break because everything else can break. But that being said, if you broke a ladder, you could potentially get stuck up on a high ridge and not be able to get down. So I guess it yeah. makes sense that that doesn't break. Just yeah. jump, just jump for God's sake. <laughs> I Look, would. Jumping is not they... allowed. Oh yeah, I forgot. You're only allowed to jump when you're trying to jump across a river and only when you've got a stick. Yes. Yes. We're building our first ramp. Woohoo! I've I've built several ramps already. COVID two thousand is blooming. And indeed, it is. Your husband has been sending me weird stuff <laughs> with uh, single words like plague and pestilence and death. He and was, was sending like... you the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> and um, I I wasn't sure if it was related to my small Animal Crossing goal, which I'm trying to make my little living area as white trash as human. Yeah, possible. yeah. He he was so motivated after we got off the podcast. He's like. I have stuff I need to send Kelly. We also found yes. out this week that you can't send flowers to people. Ah, uh, I wondered. Yeah, it, it's not that I forgot. I just didn't figure out a way to do it. At some point, Chris is going to have to invite you to the island and like mark you as a best friend so that you can just dig them up and take them home. Yeah. But I can't do that because I'm not the island owner. <laughs> yeah, and I, I need to have you as a best friend so that I can mail you stuff to... Um... Because I wanted to mail you eggy things, and I think I get, I've gotten like extra recipes. I have extra I recipes just sitting on my floor that I need to give to Chris. But our <laughs> playtime has not been lining up um, because when I'm playing Animal Crossing, he's working, and then when he's done work, he's playing Animal Crossing, and I'm playing Persona Five Royal. Woohoo! So that's been going really well. There's all sorts of changes that I like. I don't think hey, I've made a change that I haven't liked yet. So what all has changed? Oh, gosh. Um, there's like a million little things. And I don't know if it's just things that I've forgotten about the old game or if it's actually new to this game. I mean, obviously, there's the new um, girl character. Mm. And she kind of like just weave. She's kind of just weaved into the story. I haven't started a social link with her yet. Um, <clears throat> and then there's the new counselor. And I've slowly been building up my social link with him because every time you increase your social link with him, your maximum SP goes up. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Um, there's so at night, um, even at, even after you go and explore, a dungeon, whether it's mementos or a palace, you can do stuff in the cafe. So you can read, um, you can advance your social link with Sojiro, you can brew coffee, um, you can sit at the table and study, you can do chin-ups in your bedroom for more hit points, you can watch DVDs. Oh, and the DVD thing's totally changed. So instead of like taking out a DVD and having to return it by a certain time, um, you pay one flat fee the first time you go to the DVD store and you can infinitely rent DVDs and there's no returns on them. Sweet. So it's like Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it was kind of like block what Blockbuster was trying to do and failed at. <laughs> um 
the the library um studying in the library now gives you both guts and knowledge so it's really easy to get your guts up way faster now because to do the doctor you have to have at least two guts to get like past level one um and yeah i think they've changed so they've changed the the amount that you need in each stat to go up a level because you have so much of a longer time to do it um, but it definitely means that you are making choices, conscious choices about which stats you want to focus on. So, like, I barely got to two knowledge right before the exam started in April. Huh. Yeah. And I uh, studied a fair bit. Can you still see what people do every night? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I, I it's way different, I feel like, than the original game. Also... I feel like there's some small artistic differences in the original game. Um, like, I feel like all of the reds are much punchier. And I don't know yeah. if my TV's just tuned differently than it was three years ago. I mean, it's quote-unquote red to me since I'm red, green, color blind, but it looks different. Hmm. Maybe. Also, the um, personas all have like this like wavy, gnarly stuff on like their bottom halves now. It's like uh, black and red smoky stuff that's almost reflective. Huh. I'd almost have to like side by side compare because it's been a while. Since right. I... And that's the thing is it's like, oh, was that a detail that was actually included in the original that I just didn't notice? But I, mm-hmm. I don't remember it. Um, there's also new types of encounters. So um, kind of similar to the savage enemies in Tokyo Mirage Sessions, um, you do run into certain enemies that are a little harder. And I think that was in the original, but I think they've changed what they are. Because mm. I don't remember running into that stupid guy that uh, nullifies all physical and gun in the second dungeon. He's hard. Because the only thing he's weak to is fray. I had to like explicitly go in and um, fuse a persona that had fray, and I don't remember doing that that early. Um, in the second dungeon, there's also um, security beams that you have to hold X to either jump over or slide under, and I don't remember doing that because I've smashed my face into them repeatedly. <laughs> Just kind of not paying attention to what I'm doing. So aside from the new people, has the story changed any or does it play out kind of the same way? So far, it's 99% identical. Okay. There's little things that are changing here and there. So I see. And I've heard that Goro's uh, social link isn't automatic now that you have to uh, manually spend time with him. Yeah, I haven't gotten that far yet. But yeah, the one thing that I was told is like... Um, level up Goro, level up the counselor, and level up the new girl. And because otherwise you won't be able to access the new semester, which is similar to how Persona, I think both three and four worked, where it was like you had a choice and you had to make the right one. Ah. Uh, to continue uh, three, on. Three was, um, you had to get a specific social link up, I think, right. for it. And four was... A conversation where you had to answer a bunch of different things. Yeah, you had to, yeah. You had to do the, the, the confrontation with uh, prior to the final boss. Uh, and then also you had to figure out who the actual mastermind was. 
out of a selection of like everyone in the game. Right. Well, so. and then there's like the secret secret boss at the end that you only get in golden if you like max out Marie and do the snow, do the skiing oh, yeah. thing. That one actually that one actually slots into the plot. Um, if you max out Marie's one, I think that actually comes in at Christmas. Yeah, you go on a ski vacation. Yeah, that's it. It's been quite a long time since I finished Golden. That's the last Persona game that I finished. So I, uh, I actually didn't. I'm, I'm going to confess here. I actually didn't finish Persona Five. <gasps> Fired. I know. I know. No, I don't care. But. Um, it is a serious commitment if you're going to finish that yeah. game. Yeah, and I think the part of the problem is the fact that I just don't like um, hooking up my PS4 anymore. Yeah, I mean, Chris That's plays it enough that it makes sense for it to be out. But yeah, after after Final the Final Fantasy VII Remake, I don't know, it might go away and I might put the Xbox there instead. Because we have the Xbox Game Pass and we just don't use it enough. I mean, I I have the the PC version of the Xbox Game Pass, but that's kind of the thing, is a lot of the stuff that um, I kind of want to play, a vast majority of it is coming to either PC or Switch. Mm -hmm. You know, like, originally, I had to get, like, a PS3 or a PS4 to play Super Robot Wars or something, but nope, you get that on Switch now. I think the only disadvantage that I have is with one specific game, which is the PC version of Grand Blue, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus doesn't include any codes for the mobile game. And the PS4 one does? It does. Huh. So. I wonder if that was exclusive content that Sony negotiated. I think it may be more to do with how piracy, with like piracy concerns. Fair. Um, because the whole point is that you unlock a reward, a reward code for use in the mobile version of, you know, the actual Grand Blue Fantasy, the mm. game that the fighting game is based on. Yep. Um, that allows you to get some pretty nice stuff, but some of it you can only get if you actually finish the story mode. And I think with the rise of things like, uh, I'm, I mean, save hacking. Well, I was thinking piracy, but then there's also things like family sharing. If I had the game and then installed it on Steam, I mean, it's on Steam. You can buy it on Steam if mm -hmm. you really want. Um, but if I bought that, it would then probably be available through family sharing on my husband's computer. So would that mean that if on the off chart, I mean, he doesn't play mobile games. I'm the mobile game trash playing player. Um, <laughs> and... Um, if, you know, he did the same thing and finished the game, would he then get, you know, another code to use? So there may be something to do about them not wanting to disrupt the uh, disrupt their mobile game economy, given that it's been going for, what, six years now or something. Um, so I don't know. I, maybe side games are very protective about that. I don't know. So random right. tangent. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I actually think we're ready to jump into what you've been playing, Alice. So continue. Oh, boy. Um, so it actually turns out that I'm a complete idiot and forgot to mention, I think, I don't think it was out the last time I was on the cast before last week, but I did play and finish Ori and the Will of the Wisps 
the Ori. That's the, the new. That's the second Ori game, right? It is, yeah. Okay. Because it because funnily enough, that was on Game Pass. I've had that queued up for download like three months before it came out. Nice. Um, it is. It's really good. Um, any of the stuff that I've mentioned about the previous game carry over to the second one. It's you know it's very pretty. It has an amazing soundtrack. The platforming's very good. Little bit more combat focus. Sort of feels like kind of inspired by Hollow Knight kind of thing. Um. Because the combat in the first game was a bit, I kind of want to say like either tacked on or bare bones. It wasn't wasn't hugely in depth. But now there's, uh, you know, there's more than one weapon to use. There's actual boss fights. It's it's a bit of a difference, but it's still a really good game. And the story destroyed me emotionally and made me cry. So, it's uh, yeah. Heart wrenching, uh, yeah, yeah, but it does have an adorable owl in it. Aww, isn't the owl in the first one too? Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I don't want to say too much because spoilers. Ooh, but... spoilers! All right, so everything else you've been playing is like all space. Uh, there's a lot of space stuff, a lot of other crap. Um, I want to more... hear about One Step from Eden. Because that's like the Mega Man Battle Network style game, right? Yeah, oh God, how did these people get away with this? It is just, it's Mega Man Battle Network again. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's a 4x4 grid instead of a 3x3 one. But still, it's basically Mega Man Battle Network. Except it's kind of Mega Man Battle Network if you threw in um, sort of very, very similar gameplay mechanics to Slay the Spire. Like, it is sort of like a a perfect mashup between that grid-style combat, that sort of very quick grid-style combat from the Mega Man Battle Network series, with the card collecting of Slay the Spire. Okay, so what does... This is a roguelike in that you are intended to run it repeatedly to get better and better results, right? Yep. So walk me through what is like a typical playthrough or like your last playthrough. So um, my last playthrough, um, I mean, this is kind of true for most of mine because I haven't actually finished the game. I haven't, I haven't actually finished a run yet. It's quite difficult. Um, you start the game with, I think it's four abilities, four spells. Um, and that's in your based deck. off of your character selection or yes. random? You know, no, it's based off your character selection. Um, there are, I think it's eight characters, although there's only one unlocked at the start. You unlock the others by playing through. Gotcha. Um, and so you start with these four. You start with four abilities and a basic weapon, which is basically for the, for the first character that you have is like the Mega Buster from Battle Network. It's just this little <laughs> plinky thing. It doesn't really do much. Um, every time you kill an enemy, you get a choice of three um, cards to take from them. Um, they can be, as far as I can tell, they can be basically anything. Uh, the whole point is to try and then build up a, a like a, a build, in quotes, with yeah, a the coherent cards. deck. Yeah, with the cards you collect and uh, the artifacts that you pick up, which, you know, provide these sort of passive bonuses very slay the spire if you're familiar with slay the spire you're familiar with this 
Um, there's a shopkeeper that allows you to spend the money that you gather to upgrade do, cards, buy do new they ones. Sing? No, they don't. This isn't Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Oh. The Sorry, soundtrack's pretty. The, the soundtrack's pretty good, though. Um, kind of does kind of remind me a little bit. Again, I, I feel like the person who developed uh, One Step from Eden really liked Mega Man Battle Network when they were younger. I did. The first three Mega Man Battle Network games are really good. I I really like them. I quite them. liked that series. I yeah, fell off it, of it after the first three, but people continue to assure me that that's not a bad thing. No, because four was terrible, oh. and it. And it kind of didn't really... Well, it got a little bit better with 5 and 6, but nah, they they didn't... 1 was rough. 2 was actually really quite good. And 3 was a good like finale to the whole trilogy. Um, if you liked the battle system, you will probably like One Step from Eden. If you've played Slay the Spire, then you'll probably be very familiar with its mechanics. From- so... The one thing that kind of makes me hesitant about One Step from Eden is because I am Easy Street, and this game is repeatedly called difficult and challenging. Yeah, it is kind of difficult. Um, I know that the developer is still doing balance passes on it. They've put out a couple of patches recently to address um, balance, but it is very, um, like, the, for example, the boss fights have a pretty high, you know, like, fast-paced Um if you remember some of the harder boss fights from Mega Man Battle Network, then you'd probably be at home here. But if you are Easy Street, maybe wait and see what the developer does with regards to the difficulty curve. Okay. Um, and, uh, speaking of difficulty curves, I decided to buy the latest Toho game on Steam because I didn't have it yet. And I regretted it almost immediately when Toho I smashed... 17? Yeah, so... Toho series is that long-running series of vertical shooter maps. Right. Getting a bullet legi- hell. Yeah, bullet hell shooter. Getting a legitimate copy of them used to be very difficult because they were only ever sold in Japan. Um, and if you wanted your own copy, you would have to either find someone willing to ship you a CD or download it from the internet, which is basically what everyone did. Um, however. The sole operator of the series, the mysterious Zun, um, eventually managed to strike a deal with, um, I don't know, himself, and say, oh yeah, no, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll actually release the series on Steam. Hooray! Going forwards. So while the versions that are on, that are on Steam don't are in Japanese, um, the community translation patch is very easily found and very easily applied. Um, so you can just you can buy it on Steam and then have a fully translated version very quickly. Sweet. Um, of course, the thing about bullet hell shooters is I'm not very good at them. <laughs> you know, the music's the music is great, and you know the characters are funny, and you know it's a it's a blast to play. I mean, you know he's been at it for I don't know twenty twenty five years or whatever of of game making. These these systems are pretty well refined by this point, but. Isn't- yeah. Isn't Toho the series that he'll license that to anybody? Yeah, so there are numerous Toho spin-off games that are on that have been on Steam. They were released on the PS3, the PSP, and various other consoles dating back quite a while. Um so 
Zuna's kind of very happy for his work to be used, um, you know, for spin-off games. I mean, one of the previous times I was on the cast, I even spoke about one of them, uh, Toho Luna Nights, the um, Metroidvania. Oh, oh yeah. I I, I want to say, like, Axis has worked on a couple of the Toho games. I think they have, actually. Um, I think they did, think like, was... a couple dungeon crawlers. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, I think I remember seeing them on the, uh, like, the PSN store or something a while ago. Yeah, because they've been wanting to get Genzo, um, Genzo Wanderer or Genzo Rondo, the oh, um, roguelike. The, yeah, Tokyo Genzo, uh, Gensokyo Wanderer or whatever it's called. Because that one's looked like fun, but it's been always been very expensive. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like a you know a property that a lot of um, sort of independent game developers have, have you know kind of attached themselves to because you know it's like a ready-made world with ready-made characters and a ready-made fan base if you make right. a good game if you make a good game with it then you know you already have a group of fans who are willing to engage with it sort of thing but you know the the, the mainline games are bullet hell shooters and they are pretty unforgiving <laughs> even on easy that's so fun to look at Oh yeah, they're really pretty, and the, I say the music's fantastic. But yeah, I'm just not very good at bullet hell shooters. I'm I'm 32. I don't have the reactions I used to. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I love shoot 'em ups, particularly. I do like bullet hell ones, but I am terrible at them. Hmm. I mean, I'm gonna keep. You know, I'll, I'll keep on trying. I did still finish the game on easy. Um, but I didn't do it on one continue, which is how you get the proper ending. Ah, uh, okay. So. So you have to be really good or really sadistic and practice, 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 practice. Yeah, although um, the more recent games, I think uh, seven, Toho 17 is uh, Wily Beast and Wicked Creature, if you're looking for it on Steam. Um, the previous game, and I think maybe the one before that as well, actually did have an integrated uh, practice mode um so you could go in and practice uh boss patterns as many times as you want as long that's as you'd a see cool idea as long as you'd seen them on a playthrough once i think that's then unlocks them in the in the um practice mode and the funny thing is is he actually included that in toho 8 from like way back in 2000 and whatever um and then it that feature was then missing from the series for a few games until it eventually came back again. Um, and it, yeah, you're right. It is a really good feature because um, it means you can just jump in and practice a, a particular pattern that you're having trouble with. It even tracks like how many times you succeeded versus how many times you've attempted it. There you go. All right. I, so, yeah. Um, Any I'll other ignore, games? Oh, sorry. I'll ignore, I'll ignore Stellaris because I, I can't remember why I put it on there. Um, <laughs> I think I might have carried that over from last week by accident. Um, the only other one, the only reason I put Space Station 13 on there, why did I look back into Space Station 13? Because this damn quarantine is driving me mad. <laughs> are you working from home or are you just off? I'm working from home. How about David? Uh, he was already working from home. Okay. He just works from home. That's just what he does. Oh, solidarity. Mm-hmm. 
So Space Station 13, the only reason I kind of put that on there, even though, I, I mean, I, I've mentioned it on the cast before, and I'm like one of the few old grognards that still plays it, um, because, you know, it's a 20-year-old game. I was going to say, isn't that game, like, it. super old? Yeah, it's so old. It doesn't even have a walking animation. Um, but the reason why I put it on there is I had a I had an interesting tale from the station this morning where because I think that, that one of the, the, the I think one of the things that kind of makes it very uh, long lasting is the fact you kind of when you have a round and a round typically lasts about two hours is at least on the servers I play last round two hours is you kind of if you have a good round is you, you kind of you kind of end up with like a, a story to tell so i was playing as the research director um so that's one of the heads of staff uh their job is to p bully the other scientists to make sure they're doing their jobs uh however the rn jesus blessed be his name um also said that that round i was going to be one of the antagonists which basically at round start um you are if you as long as you sort of start the game at round start there is a random chance that you will be selected to be an antagonist and it kind of works the the similarity that i draw with this is um if you've ever played a game like um like mafia or something where there is like a kind of traitor role uh and Ooh, the goal Yes, yeah, so the goal is to root the traitor out before they do bad things. And the traitors have an, a, a, a list of objectives that they need to accomplish for their so that they win, in quotes. You know, however meaningless that is. So I had the objective to kill two members of the station staff and then escape on the shuttle that comes at the end of a round free. So not arrested or dead. And the thing about the research director is they have enough access that um, they can get um, new laws updated to the station AI. And the station AI is, is played by a player and they are governed by a set of laws. Uh, typically, you know, think Asimov's three laws, you know, must not harm humans and all that stuff. However... As a traitor, you can upload hacked laws which take precedence over the others in the list. So I had this assignment to kill two members of staff. Fine. I just uploaded a hacked law to the AI and got the AI to do it. Oh, Alice! <laughs> That's my hands, evil. My, my hands were clean. So I, I succeeded in both of my objectives and I escaped on the shuttle with no one any the wiser. <laughs> that's amazing the only the only time i nearly got caught was in order to actually like accomplish the upload you have to access an upload console now there's only one on the station it's behind the captain's chair and it's usually locked and bolted to prevent the sort of thing i was about to do <laughs> however um, there is a board in a storage area on the station, um, which allows you to build a second one. And I stole the board um, because I had access to it. Uh, and the, the, that was the closest I came to being caught because someone reported the board missing. <gasps> and so and I'm pretty sure I saw someone across one of the communication channels, like the radio channel, uh, 
I think it might have been the detective who works for the security division ask me to come to the brig, probably so I could be interrogated. I don't know, they probably found my fingerprints on the door or something. Uh, and then the chief engineer went a little bit kill crazy and got arrested and imprisoned for it. So I realized at that point I could probably just blame everything on the chief engineer and get away with it anyway. But that didn't <laughs> so you I've... are so evil. No, and I mean, just for clarification, are these player characters like actually other people or are, yep. are these all NPCs? No, these are all other players. Wait, Man. so this like 20 plus year old game is actually played by people? Yep. Okay, that's amazing. But carry on. I was just going to see how many people were actually currently logged in. There are currently 1,274 people playing Space Station 13 spaced across multiple servers. Um, the server that I normally play on, which is uh, called Paradise Station, um, currently has 118 people playing. Cool. So the most popular map, uh, which I mentioned previously, is... Um, Colonial Colonial Marines Space Station 13, which is a full conversion to aliens for aliens, for people who enjoy doing that. Um, that's currently got 171 people playing it. And as I joked about it last year when I talked about Space Station 13, it's probably still a better game than Aliens Colonial Marines. Hmm. Up yours, Randy, you asshole. <laughs> Uh, we should probably talk about that in the news. Yeah, I didn't see it in the news articles. I I <sighs> went back and forth about whether I wanted to put it on or not, but it's probably worth the discussion. But first, Kelly, you should talk about what you've been playing. Yes, okay, so, I've, been, I've been talking for long enough, please. Um, aside from Animal Crossing, which I finally got the ability to um, build uh, people's houses at my leisure... So I spent a good chunk of um, the other day, like setting up real estate for people to, uh, or for villagers to buy houses and move in. And so that's what I've been trying to do is recruit recruit more villagers, either via the island or via the campsite. But thus far, I'm I'm annoyed because I haven't gotten any cats so far. And it's like, dang it! I want at least one cat villager. We have one cat. One. It's Felicity. We also have uh, a rabbit that has no eyes. It's called Coco. Except, okay, Coco creeped the hell out of me until, 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 and I have to post a screenshot of it. Coco put on glasses. <laughs> and Coco with reading glasses is sincerely adorable. But carry so, on. Does, does he have no eyes like how Millhouse looks when without glasses? Or No, no, no. Uh, Coco has like a cork board head. Okay. It's not a furry head. It's like made out of like the material that I can't quite grasp. Look okay. up a picture because Coco's terrifying. Uh, I mean, more ter or less terrifying than Blanca. That was the cat with no face that would pop up on occasion. More. Okay, I have to look this up. Hang on. Coco, um, oh, Animal Crossing. Oh my god. That is. See? That is like. 
I take it you probably never watched Pink Floyd's The Wall. Um, I did at some point when I was a teenager, but alcohol may have been involved. Okay, the, the, like the people wear uh, masks in that movie yes. that look just like that. There's, ugh, ugh, talk about staring to your soul. Yeah, yeah ra- until, in the until she puts on little reading glasses, and then you just want to hold her. It's so cute. But I don't know sorry. if I could even deal with that with reading glasses myself. But no, I'll post a screenshot. You okay, will, you will be like, oh. I had to show it to Chris, and Chris was like, oh. Yeah, Chris invited her to the island, and he was like, what else do you put on COVID-2000 but a creepy bunny with no eyes? She, <laughs> but, she does kind of look a little bit like the gyroids. Yeah. Yeah, that's I can what, see that. That's what that that's what she reminds me of. Um. Also, the little shaky head spirit things and Mononoke Hime. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're actually based off something very similar in Japanese mythology. Yeah. Um, I mean, my my. Uh, funnily enough, my first villager way back when I played the original Animal Crossing on GameCube was uh, Kiki. Oh, the kitty. Is, the purple yeah, kitty, right? Is, yeah, the purple okay. kitty. Um, I what I didn't realize actually. I'm um, just. I, sorry to cut across. It's just uh, how many. One, how many villagers there were, but I didn't realize that every villager that was in the previous game like keeps on appearing. I thought they basically rotated rather than like because I'm rec- I'm looking at a villager list for New Horizons. Yeah, it's huge, and I'm and I'm like, hang on a second, I recognize most a lot of these because they were on my my uh, village the first time I played the game on GameCube. Mm-hmm. Yep. Christ. Lucky yeah, God. they 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 don't tend to retire that many. They retire a small amount each time. But yeah, I, I think there's... I want to say if someone told me there's 200 villagers for this, but I think that's just a little high. But anyways, sorry, uh, Kelly. We're according, no, according, cool. according to this, there are 391. Whoa! Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. But I'm, I'm trying to get my um, town slots filled out so that I can get KK Slider to play his concert. Since after that, that's when you unlock um, terraforming. Which at that point, you've pretty much be- beaten the game. But I want to be able to customize the town completely. So I- I've been very tempted to time travel just because it's kind of hit that point to where I get, get done with stuff for like maybe an hour a day unless I go... Um, tarantula farming on islands which even then i'm not sure if the content patches kind of patch that out or not well tarantula islands only happen at night yeah okay yeah i knew that i wasn't sure because i had a friend of mine that was like nine o'clock in the morning she's like i'm trying to trigger tarantula island i'm like yeah but it's nine in the morning (laughs) and Trying to do that like completely unsettles me because they just crop out out of nowhere and you have to play like um, red light, green light with the protection <laughs> properly. Chris showed me how to play red light, green light with the tarantulas and I was just like, what? I had no yeah. idea. And then um, I played more Crisis Core. I'm currently. I just got to the point in that game where you go to uh, Niflheim, which means I'm at the end game. So um, this weekend, I want to like kind of get past that chapter and then set it up so that um, 
the night before Final Fantasy VII gets here, I, I finish the game or finish that game so that the next day I just go right into Final Fantasy VII. Um, and it's kind of funny because that trailer that dropped this week that um, had Ar- Aerith and Cloud and talking about her old, um, first love and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> I just watched some of those scenes, so I have context. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of criminal how how much Crisis Core expands on that original story with Zack and how... Square has pretty much done nothing to make that game more accessible. Um, what do you mean? Um, it's locked on PSP and locked on UMD because they never put it on the PSN store. Yeah, that oh, was yeah, part that... of the big Square Enix Sony argument where Square Enix was like, no, nah, we're just not going to put things on, on the PSN. So you. Yeah. God, yeah, that was that was a long time ago. I, I remember that, though. <laughs> yeah. Because I seem to remember there was this big spat around the time Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. Um, it was... and, Birth by Sleep. Yeah. And um, Final Fantasy IV, The After Years. That was, that was not digital originally. I think it might finally be now. Yeah, yeah, because I have it on my Vita. But, um... But yeah, that that game is really, or Crisis Core is really good, and it really expands a lot on the um, on Zach's story, and kind of what goes down in Niflheim, and pretty much um, Sephiroth's kind of descent into madness, and I, it just makes me sad that Squeenix like never did a HD remake, but they decided to bring uh, Type Zero to the PS4, and it's just sad. But um, the, the reason why I've, I've probably said this before, but the reason why I'm so obsessed with this is because the ending to Crisis Core pretty much just leads right into Final Fantasy VII. It also so, it also destroys you emotionally. Yeah, yeah, because Zach is such a cool person, and I mean, spoiler, but what happens to him is just sad. But I'll I'll be curious to see handle Zack, even though a lot of that isn't going to come up in the this one, this new game, but um, I playing through that, and then other than that I've just been kind of messing around in WoW because this week they unlocked a legacy loot for um, Legion Dungeons, which means that you can go like get a whole bunch of stuff for Transmog so I was uh, running around on my rogue and my hunter um, doing Mythic Legion dungeons with people and um, going and trading loot and getting cool uh, outfits and stuff from my guys. And the second thing about legacy loot and Legion dungeons, no weapons because of the whole artifact weapon thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Which is like kind of my favorite part about doing old raids is getting weapons. But um, some of the tra- the tier sets are pretty cool. Like um, I'm trying to get this one set called the Regalia of the Dashing Scoundrel, which is like kind of a Robin Hoodie looking set for rogues. But um, and, and I've been trying to level characters because they've still got that 100% EXP bonus. So I'm I'm trying not to get too invested in anything um, because I know that I'm just going to dump it for Final Fantasy VII next week. So that's why I haven't been playing a whole lot. 
fair. I mean, that, that's fair. I mean, I, yeah. I, I dropped WoW like a bad habit, like shortly after BFA came out, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, BFA has been pretty lame, and I'm sad that we're probably going to have to put up with it for another year, because I haven't heard anything about Shadowlands. Well, I mean, apparently the Shadowlands is currently in, like, closed alpha. Um, uh, yeah, I know someone playing it. Uh, so, I mean, progress I, I, is being made, um, but I can't guarantee how fast it is. And, I mean... The chances of there being a public BlizzCon this year is pretty low. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Just with everything else getting canceled or delayed, I've, I wasn't going to be surprised at all if Shadowlands got canceled and or delayed. Yeah, I mean, it it's hard to say because um, Chris's workplace is a workplace that I would describe as very collaborative. I mean, they're, like, constantly walking into and out of each other's offices and, like, pitching ideas and getting questions answered and, like, running over ideas with each other. And, I mean, that has always been the impression that I have gotten, both from, like, Blizzard interviews and friends that have previously worked at Blizzard, that it's sort of, like, the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, Chris's work has adapted. And I feel like if they can adapt, Blizzard doesn't really have a good excuse for not also adapting. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Just, uh, with Last of Us two getting delayed indefinitely well, this week, which I, I think... sorry, go ahead. Wasn't it almost done? It or... is done. Oh, it is like, done. Multiple sources inside of the company say the game is done. But I mean, do you want to release a game that's about a global pandemic that destroys oh, the fabric of society? I, I, I forgot about that plot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I got I get Wait. Last of Us and uh, Naughty Dog's other game confused. So. Wait, which game are we talking about? The Last of Us Part Two. Oh yeah. I I forgot. I mean, I got it. It's a fungus. If that helps. Drake. Or I got it confused with the Nathan Drake one, which oh, is Uncharted. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay, I can see them wanting to delay that just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how Disaster Report got delayed for like a year because it was supposed to come out three days after the um, nuclear meltdown and, and earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm good on Naughty Dog for having some tact there. <laughs> yeah. Well, but. and I I think it it was not just the subject matter, but I mean, I think a lot of companies are looking at the struggle that Square Enix is having right now with the Final Fantasy VII remake and trying to balance mm-hmm. um, ensuring that people have a physical copy that they've pre-ordered at the same time that the digital is available. And so they were like, and that's just a mess. And so I'm going to jump a little bit ahead into the news just because it's relevant to the conversation now. Um, Square Enix about two weeks ago, and I think we talked about this on the podcast, basically said, hey, guys, we're we're going to put it out to to retailers and it's up to them to get it to you whenever they get it to you. And it's not our fault if they don't Mm -hmm. to this week where they said, you know what, guys, we're just we're telling everybody to ship it out. And so apparently GameStop and EB Games and uh, in North America and Game in the UK and a bunch of other retailers in Europe have all shipped it. And Amazon's uh. been like, nope, we're good. We'll send it out. We'll send it out after the release day. Yeah, which is irritating because uh, I don't think mine's going to get here until the 12th. 
So And the only reason why I don't cancel my pre-order and just get it through GameStop is because I got it at like a huge discount. Right. So we had it pre-ordered on a discount back. I think we pre-ordered it back when like Amazon was giving a certain discount off of pre-ordered games. Mm-hmm. And since, you know, we were really uncertain about how that all was going to go down, Chris just canceled it and pre-ordered it digitally. We actually downloaded it yesterday because mm. it's huge. It's two discs. Yeah. And so I I I feel pretty good about that decision, even though it means that we aren't going to get it early at all. Yeah. Uh, like, unfortunately, my hours got cut at work this week because I said if it was going to be delayed, I was just going to um, pre-order it digitally and double dip. But now I kind of can't justify that. Right. So I'm I'm just going to wait. It'll be fine. I I will figure out something to do that weekend while I'm twiddling my thumbs waiting for everybody. Animal Crossing? To... I guess. Game Factory 4? I mean, you have lots of games in your backlog that you've kind of just kind of started and fell off of a little bit this year, so... Yeah, I probably should go ahead and wrap up Rune Factory 4. I just got, after Animal Crossing came out, it was like the two were so similar in my brain. I can't play both. Yeah. Because when I play Animal Crossing, I like throw my fishing rod, throw my fishing rod, throw my fishing rod, throw my fishing rod. Hey, okay, now it's in the right spot. I did that in Rune Factory 4 and passed out. Yeah, fishing's just a little bit different in the, between those two games. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is I I play Rune Factory 4 on easy, and I probably shouldn't because it's almost too easy. But yeah, like, I, I I was like spring 21, and I'd finished the first three dungeons. Yeah. No, that game is ridiculously easy. That game is oh. easy on easy, so I might bump it up to normal. But I also but, I also realized that like all right I'm gonna I'm gonna like just focus on farming and relationships and and skilling up all of my stuff and I'll like go to the next dungeon which is like that underground thing that I fell into in like fall I'll take a whole month off of the combat stuff but I can't mm-hmm. both do Rune Factory four farming and Animal Crossing so Animal Crossing one <laughs> and I'm sorry I keep cutting you off <laughs> no it's okay I I keep <laughs> thinking about stupid stuff because i know that made my husband said that if we do see final fantasy 7 at walmart on monday we were probably gonna go ahead and get it um and just cancel the pre-order yeah i mean because our our walmart is notorious for breaking street date i mean if you're out there doing stuff anyways i i I mean, obviously, I'm conflicted in this but i wouldn't say go out to walmart just for final fantasy 7 but if you're no. out already no, it's it's our usual grocery trip. Um, we just kind of wander over to the electronics section, section when we're done, see what's there. Um, we usually call that buying milk because we always end up taking buying home something. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Unless it's, unless it's Magic the Gathering cards, then we call that flat milk. <laughs> <laughs> I both love it. I love it and that's kind of adorable. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So is that what everybody has been yes. playing this week? All right. We are gonna jump into the feedback. And Alice, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Our oh question my. of the week was what game do you want to finish in April? And it can be old um, or new. So tell us what um, you want to finish in April. I mean I <laughs> 
I'm, I'm going to cheat just a tiny little bit. I'm going to say I'd like to actually finish a run on One Step From Eden. There you go. That's a good goal. Because, uh, yeah, that game kicked my ass. <laughs> I, I, I want to like that game, but I'm... I am daunted by the difficulty, I won't lie. So, all right. Um, we asked on Twitter, and Jason Ariola says, I would like to finish Murder by Numbers. It's been my game. I play in between games I'm reviewing or playing for podcasts. Jason, that's a great idea. I liked Murder by Numbers. That's the one that you do um, across puzzles um, for your little robot to identify things. It's awesome. It's like Phoenix Wright, but via Picross. All right, um, Shaman wrote in and says, I'll go with a major recent release and say Doom 64. Have either of you guys played Doom 64? Uh, I haven't I haven't played Doom 64. Um, I kind of like to, but from what I remember, it doesn't include a couple of the improvements that were made in Doom 2. Nope, didn't have an N64 back in the day. I would have really liked to have get, gotten that one, though, because I love Doom. Did you have um, a PlayStation? Yeah. There was some um, there is now a PC port of Doom 64. Ah, oh, cool. Now, back then I had the Saturn version of Doom, which I'm told is the like one of the worst versions, but I didn't care cuz I still played it anyway. All right. Um Featherhoof says I hope to finally finish the Switch port of Star Ocean First Departure, but I doubt it'll happen because I've said that near about every month since it's released. <laughs> I've been plugging away at it little bits at a time, but something new and shiny keeps pulling my attention away. And every month, every month, and since Animal Crossing New Horizons has come out, my Switch has been used to play exclusively that since release. Um, yeah, I, I, I am very surprised how much I'm into Animal Crossing. I know it won't last, so I'm enjoying it while I have it. Um, but yeah, all right. Uh, Krull says, I'm going to say The Witcher 3, but I'm not particularly confident. I suspect I might have reached the halfway point if I'm lucky. Of course, I might get further if I ignored all those question marks, but I'm not going to do that. Um, Strawberry Eggs says, ideally and more likely, I would like to finish the Crimson Flower route of Fire Emblem Three Houses. To be more immediate ambitious i'd actually like to both start and finish that copy of tales of the abyss 3ds i've had sitting on my desk for months do it it's a very good game i did not get into it but i'm told that it is very rough the first few hours yeah and then the main character gets significantly better yeah he's kind of a whiny bitch <laughs> Yeah, that's intentional. Don't worry about it. I know it is, but that doesn't make it any more palatable. <laughs> All right. Um, Platy writes in. Platy M3 writes in and says, I've begun the finale of Trails in the Sky 2, so I better finish that. I'm also about 10 hours into Tokyo Mirage Sessions, so I hope I can then work to finish that by the end of the month as well. That's a longer game than you might think it is. It's, it's a good 60 hours. Well, 40 to 60. So, I don't know, Platy, you might have uh you might have given yourself a very daunting task there. All right. If you want to provide feedback, 
We're going to ask a question of the week later in the show, but there's lots of ways you can send us feedback and you can answer the question of the week. You can give us feedback about the podcast in general. You can talk about a topic that you want to bring up and you can do that a bunch of different ways. One, you can email us podcast at rpgamer.com. You can call or text us at 608-729-4098. You can join all of our awesome people uh, like Rad Shadow or Emperor Methos and... uh, I never remember how to pronounce his name. It's MTMCL. Um, on twitch.tv slash rpgamer every week at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I have to think about that. Time zones are hard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you can go to the show thread, plop down your reply there. We always like that. All right. Uh, hey, you know what time it is? Beep, 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 beep. That's right. It's time for the news. All right. I have to actually use my left-handed mouse with my left hand. All right. <laughs> um, new near game. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Remake. Of, yeah. Er, remaster the original. Yeah. So near replicant remaster has been announced. So for the 10th anniversary of near, it will be mass remastering the original, um, PC version. Sorry. Okay. This series always confuses me. So this came out originally in 2010. And in Japan, there was both near Gestalt and near Replicant. Um, And both of the games tell the same story. um, Except the character that you play is different. So both in both versions, you're looking for Yona. And in Gestalt, you play Yona's dad. And in Replicant, you play Yona's brother. And, and so, Gestalt was the one that we got. Yeah. But we never okay. saw Replicant. Okay. So um, now they are making near Replicant version 1224744871392. And Near Replicant, which is what we're going to gracefully call it, uh, is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So I don't think they announced any sort of release date for this yet, right? I, I think don't it was think just so. have, a, have a game nah. and, just, and wait for more info. Yeah, I think that was basically it. All right. Um, so yeah, as we talked about in our uh, now playing, Square Enix was basically like, all right, ship all the things. And if it doesn't get to you on time, it's not our fault. So <laughs> have fun. Um, all right. Uh, Netmarble announced Seven Nights Time Wanderer for Nintendo Switch. So um, I think most people in North America don't know Netmarble, but they are a huge mobile company. Um, I believe they are from Korea. But yeah, they are. They're a big developer and publisher of mobile games. They are one of these companies like Tencent where they make a gajillion dollars a year and no one really knows what they are. Um, So this is their first title for Nintendo Switch. Um, Seven Nights Time Wanderer is based off of Seven Nights, which is one of their most popular mobile titles. Um, They have said it's going to release globally as a digital exclusive with no particular release date in mind. Um, The funny thing is, is this um, Seven Nights Time Wanderer 
is actually about Vanessa, who's the eighth member of the Seven Knights. Um, and it's going to have turn-based combat, and unlike the original Seven Knights, it will not have a gotcha for acquiring characters, which is how pretty much all of their games normally run. Um, Void Terrarium has a release date. Um, so NAS America has announced that the roguelike RPG, which is the sequel to um, the Firefly Diary, don't ask me to actually pronounce, they make these games and it's just a bunch of letters and numbers and like symbols. Yeah, they're good for SEO, not so much good for trying to <laughs> say them. Right. So um, I wrote... Um, so Void Terrarium has sort of a, a vague connection to that and a rose in the twilight. But anyways, uh, Void Terrarium will be coming to North America and Europe um, on July 10th in Europe and July 14th in North America for both PS4 and Nintendo Switch. They also have a $60 collector's edition. And this is one of those NAS games that it's either digital or collector's edition. So no normal edition that's going to be available for this one. All right. Um, this got leaked quite a while ago. Um, so the Outer Worlds is coming to Nintendo Switch. Um, it's coming uh, either physically or digitally on the Switch uh, starting June 5th. Um, just make sure that you're connected to the internet when you boot it up for the first time because there will be a day one patch applying high-res textures and other improvements. So this is a first-person RPG that originally came out in 2019. Um, this is the... Everybody really liked this game. Chris really was liked this, this game. Was this the one that Josh was calling Kmart Fallout? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good name for it. <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly Kmart Wall Fallout. I think it was something else when we named a podcast it, but now, now I'm blanking on it. But yeah, it is conceptually that where you wake up, you've been in cryostasis, um, and you have to kind of decide what sort of morality system that you are going to have and hold. And um, Dr. You... Thunder Fallout is what he called it. Dr. Thunder Fallout. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Um, so following the many, many trains of this going on, uh, Wasteland 3 was delayed. So Wasteland 3 was initially supposed to be out on May 29th, 2020, and they have delayed it to August 28th, 2020. Very specific day for a delay. It's kind of weird. Anyways, um, yeah, Wasteland 3... Puts you in control of a group of desert rangers coming from Arizona to aid the patriarch of Colorado. And if you want to play this when it comes out in August, you can do so on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. All right. So um, we had a great April Fool's Day joke this year, guys. <laughs> so I, we... I think I missed this one. <laughs> um, so a little bit of sort of explanation is required to understand um, why I, I think people might have fallen for this in that um, the end of the fiscal year in Japan is March 31st and the first uh, not, 
not April 7th or whatever the hell it is elsewhere. Right. It, and it's so the start of the new fiscal year is April 1st. So if there's going to be major announcements like someone quitting or like a big merger or like a big announcement for the year, it's going to happen on April 1st in Japan. So that's when like we found out that um, uh, the Baba guy, the, the, the Tales of guy was like leaving. No, mm-hmm. someone help me. What was his name? Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Hideo Baba, I think it was. Oh, okay. That it is actually Baba. Okay. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but no, no, it was just it was it was, that was the problem. Is like it got announced on like March 31st slash April 1st, so people were like, ha 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 ha, so funny. No, no, it's real. And so our April Fool's joke was that SquareSoft and Enix of Japan have announced the end to their long-running April Fool's joke. You know, to be honest, we never thought it would go on for this long. Uh, Honda-san of, of Enix and Wada-san of Squaresoft came up with this idea over uh, for, over a long night of shoju and karaoke. And we all just kind of ran with it. Sorry. So, you know, it, it all just got to be too much, uh, Watanuki was quoted to say. Someone would come up with some ridiculous concept, like that proposed virtual actress who ended up starring in a Groundhog Day adaptation, or making Final <laughs> Fantasy XV a bromance. And that's not even getting into how Kamwazu grabbed the opportunity and resurrected all of his projects left and right. Better to end it before everything descends into utter chaos. Just don't tell Toriyama. He's had his heart set on that Final Fantasy VII remake for so long, we just can't bear to tell him it was a total joke. <laughs> so we, we did get a lot of um, people that messaged us and were like, that joke was awesome. We also had like three people on Twitter that became extremely upset with us, like all caps upset with us. Well, why? Because rah-rah outrage or... Yeah, I can't believe you guys are reporting stupid news like that. It can't possibly be true. Like, did you look at the clock today? I mean, <laughs> I, I remember I got hate mail over that one that I wrote for the site like 10 years ago. Oh, didn't you do something about the Big Macs? Uh, yeah, it was a joke about the Super Robot Wars games getting localized. And then, of course, <laughs> and then, of course that actually then happened about <laughs> seven years later. I do remember that. <laughs> it was a little bit like how I tweeted out that um, that time about, I think it was about four years ago when I got to the Las Vegas area in Fancy Star Online 2. Uh, and I said, uh, made a joke on my Twitter about Fancy Star Online 2 coming to North America. Because like I recently reposted that under uh, this is aged very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life comes at you fast, doesn't it? I, I posted a good one on our Discord, but nobody really laughed. It was a, a video of somebody re- reviewing the remake of Final Fantasy VII, but instead they did the remake on the uh, NES, <laughs> <laughs> and I posted that on their discord and i said well pre-order canceled i did watch that but the guy's <laughs> voice drives me crazy so i can only watch his videos for a very small amount of time yeah he does kind of have an annoying voice but that that bit was a funny bit it was good um all right yeah there were some good april fool's jokes this year um blizzard added googly eyes to all of the overwatch players and um all of the machines 
<laughs> so it was really fun watching videos of people playing that for a couple days. Their fake patch notes were great. One of them was uh, all bells have been removed for the game because a raccoon has come into the game and stole all of them. <laughs> I think I think my favorite one, which of course as a as a main of this particular class pro- still hurts even though I don't play the game anymore, which is shaman. No changes needed. <laughs> I'm not even a shaman and that one still stung. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Uh yes. So good good April Fool's Day jokes this year. It was it was fun. I I kind of like how over the years we've kind of shifted from quantity to quality. Although we still do get occasional hate mail about that Final Fantasy 7 Game Boy Advance. Oh, God. People are still not over that. People will never be over Final Fantasy VII. (laughs) All right. Back to the real news. (laughs) Um, Indivisible is getting a patch. So uh, the patch arrived two days ago on April 2nd. This update includes the addition of a new Game Plus mode as well as local co-op. Uh, with New Game Plus, you retain uh, your abilities, weapons, and incarnations acquired through the previous playthroughs, as well as having access to new secret areas right from the start of the game. Local co-op will allow you to uh, play with up to three additional players, um, and you each play one of the incarnations that fight along Ajna. So this originally came out on Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It's a turn-based RPG it's like a Metroidvania, but it has a turn-based combat system. Um, so Pascal reviewed it. He felt like it was a bit long in the tooth and kind of took didn't really respect your time. But you might have a different opinion, and maybe you can revisit it. So in is this an April Fool's Day joke? Is this an April Fool's Day joke? Is this an April Fool's Day joke? <laughs> um, the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4 was announced for North America and Europe. And it's great because I actually hang out on the NIS America Discord server and everybody was like, oh, NIS. And um, yeah, I guess this this was originally supposed to come out like a few days before April 1st and then it's lit. But uh, yeah. So Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4 is coming to North America and Europe. So it's going to hit PS4 um, fall 2020, so this year, with PC and Nintendo Switch versions to follow in 2021. Um, and so there seems to be some conflicting information, whether that's early 2021 or a broad 2021. Don't know. We'll see. Um, they uh, have a collector's edition. The collector's edition has the game for either PS4 or Nintendo Switch, a box, a soundtrack CD, a hardcover art book, a steel book, um, a cloth poster, and art cards. So I, uh, I totally pre-ordered this like the second I saw it. So, and in case you are unaware, uh, Falcom has announced they are working on a new title in the Hero series, Legend of Heroes Hajimari no Kiseki, which takes place after Trails of Cold Steel 4. That's going to come out in Japan this year, so it'll probably be 2022 in North America and Europe. So, yep. They have a Um, lot of text to translate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Minecraft Dungeons has a release date. Um, it was supposed to come out earlier this year, kind of slipped the leash, but we do finally have a 
a firm release date of May 26, 2020 for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Um, the devs recently put out a dev diary talking about the lore behind the game. And in case you're unfamiliar, Minecraft Dungeons is, a, is an isometric action RPG um, with Minecraft-y um, look and mechanics. So it's like if Diablo and Minecraft had a baby, this is what would pop out. Looks really fun. It looks interesting. I I kind of want it, but I think I'm going to wait and see how the reviews hit. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like I'm I'm begging for games or anything. I have so many games to play. Yeah, the, um, I, I watched the lore diary this morning, and I I find it funny that the main antagonist is a Minecraft villager that was uh, shunned and wanted to seek power and destroy Minecraft world. Yeah, <laughs> I did like that. <laughs> it, it's it has it's very South Parky. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Mortal Shell um, is a new action RPG that has been announced. So this is inspired by the Souls-like genre, and it puts players in the role of an empty vessel that awakens in a world where the remaining, uh, the remainder of humanity is withering away. You are doing the bidding of the Dark Father, and you are tracking down Sanctum, uh, where they will face off against powerful foes in order to harvest their sacred glands. This game sounds naughty. Yeah, it looks pretty brutal. Yeah, it looks hard. Um, and the idea is, is you're running around the world looking for anima. And the anima represents the skills and abilities and weapon knowledge of warriors that have died in battle. And you can pick up their combat styles from there. So, yep. So this is being developed for PC, PS4, and Xbox One and has a launch release window of Q3 2020. Also in, is this an April Fool's joke? Are you sure it's not? Are you really sure it's not? Pong Quest has been announced. Yeah, I honestly thought that was an April Fool's <laughs> joke when I saw it. Well, I mean, it's Atari. They kind of are a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so pong quest is a comedic rpg reimagining of the classic arcade title uh the game is being developed for pc ps4 xbox one and nintendo switch and they plan on releasing it digitally in spring 2020 they better kind of get on that like chop chop um, Pong Quest is a fantasy world with dungeons loosely based on other classic Atari titles such as Asteroids and Centipedes. You are, you are able to customize your paddles and use numerous specialized balls with unique attributes. What is with all of... No, you know what? I just have a dirty mind. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I just uh, might. <laughs> this game has online multiplayer for up to four players. Kelly, Kelly, we're going to end up playing this together, aren't we? <laughs> Pro- probably. <laughs> This is going to end up being a Friday night hangout game. <laughs> I just wonder if uh, anybody's going to put out any paddle control or paddle joy cons for this. Oh god. Nope, next story. Um in in unexpected but very welcome announcements, uh Cellar Door Games has announced Rogue Legacy 2. Woohoo! Uh, just like its predecessor, Rogue Legacy 2, sees players controlling uh, 
generations of adventurers in randomly generated world. Each time the player character dies, the world is regenerated, though the bosses remain defeated, and a new hero is selected from the list of options, each with their own class and quirks that can either help or hinder. You are also able to upgrade your home manor, ensuring that subsequent generations of your family tree get stronger. This is that game where you can have, like, astigmatism and everything's fuzzy. Yeah, Yeah, I I played through it recently because the original was, like, five bucks on uh, the eShop. Nice. And it's really addictive. Yeah, I can... Like, one one more turn and I'll quit kind of addictive. (laughs) So I kind of can't wait for this. Yeah, I mean, I... I like roguelikes that let you have permanent progression. That's mm-hmm. that's like my jam. Yeah, so. it, it, it's one of those things where you'll kind of slowly chip away and start getting better and better and f- further and further. But you will die a lot and you will have runs that you're doing so well and then you'll just completely whiff and end up dead and cussing and pff, all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> I remember Chris playing this. And he didn't necessarily know what all of the terms were for all of the different um, uh, quirks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he was like, oh, f- colorblind. That can't be that hard. <laughs> no, no, it was. <laughs> yeah. But um, some quirks are kind of working in your favor, like the... Um, the miniaturism quirk like even though you you don't hit as hard you can get into uh, special areas with that one oh yeah and the whole game kind of rotates around that using some of those crappy ones to your advantage hmm I'll I'll be really curious and it looks like they're going to have like ranger classes in this new one which is different. So uh, I'm curious. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is one that I think I'm definitely going to be following the progress. Um, It's expected to come out on PC um, summer 2020. They don't have any other platforms announced. Although if it didn't come out on other platforms, I would be kind of stunned. So stay tuned for more info on that one. Yeah, the the original was kind of the Skyrim of indie games. It showed up on everything. <laughs> the Skyrim of indie. <laughs> All right. Uh, also uh, announced this week, um, going under. So this, I love this developer name, Agro Crab Games. <laughs> alongside publisher Team 17, announced Going Under, which is a satirical action dungeon crawler. The game is set in a colorful but dystopian corporation-led world and puts players in the role of tech giant cubicles marketing intern Jackie Fiasco. Jackie has to fight against her monstrous employees... Sorry, Jackie has to fight against the monstrous employees from failed startups, eventually going against the bosses of those startups to receive relics and power-ups for her own company. So this has procedurally generated dungeons and lets players use whatever they can get their hands on as weapons. 
So this is slotted to come to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch in Q3 2020. And by the way, there's a trailer, and I like the fact that this game is called Going Under. Internships are heck. (laughs) So you should check out the trailer because it's pretty amazing. All right. It's got a unique art style. It does. Like, I love that, like, colorful dystopian concept. Mm -hmm. All right, and so I filed this under that asshole, Randy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we don't cover a ton of industry news on the site because it's just covered better on other sites, and it would kind of just be a regurgitation of the information already out there. But um, one of our former staffers, Jason Schreier, who now works at Kotaku, um, does really good investigative journalism. Wait, 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 wait. Jason used to work for RP Gamer. Oh yeah, I did huh. not know that. Oh really? No, I didn't. No, I didn't know that either. Oh yeah. Actually, I think I may have known it before, but like I've probably forgotten in the intervening period. Oh yeah. If you go to the archive site, you can find his bio under Ishmael. So archive.rpgamer.com slash bio slash I-S-H-M-A-E-L is I think what it was. Huh. Um, archive.rpgamer.com slash bios um, slash ishmael.html. Oh, no, I must have spelled it wrong. But yeah, you can, yeah, he totally, <laughs> it was a long time ago. But yeah, he used to write here. But he does really great investigative journalism for uh, Kotaku. And so he talked about this story where um, the way that um, uh, Gearbox is set up is they they pay kind of not super well. Um, certainly below industry standards for the quality of um, people that they have on board. And what they do is to counteract that is you get huge bonuses off of really successful games. And so this is how they, you know, sort of appeal to people to get them to come and work for them. And like they have previously given out bonuses for either Borderlands or Borderlands 2, I forget which one, where they gave people such huge royalty checks that people just outright bought houses. And it's not like the housing market in Austin, Texas is slacking or anything. That was just how really good the bonuses were. Um, mm-hmm. Except this week they announced that despite the fact that Take-Two is all, ooh, the Borderlands 3 is a, is a billion dollar selling franchise and we like it and want to milk more out of it. Um, Pitchford, who is the CEO of uh, Gamebox, was like, yeah, your bonuses just aren't going to be very big. By the way, I took a $12 million bonus. What a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, Randy, Randy Pitchford is a douchebag. He's, uh, he's sure a thing. So, yeah, that's... And it, it concerns me because when stuff like that happens, it, it gets really hard to retain people. Mm-hmm. And we, as as game developers, there is a big problem with what's called institutional memory in the video game industry, where we have too many experienced people leaving compared to the amount of new people coming in. And mm-hmm. so just 
knowledge that's really important to continue pushing the industry forward just gets lost. Also, we make a lot of bonehead mistakes over and over again because no one remembers that we made those bonehead <clears throat> mistakes. So it's a little frustrating when stuff like this happens because it always chases out good talent. And uh, it gets to the point where that talent is not easily replaced. So It's certainly not endearing me to Gearbox. I don't think I'm going to be p- picking up any more Borderlands stuff for <clears throat> a while if they're going to continue down this route. Right. And so, you know, it, it's always hard to be a conscientious consumer when stuff like this comes up. Um, mm-hmm. And I think about Nicholas in situations like this because it's like, I don't really, and Dangan Entertainment, because it's like, I don't really want to support the bad company, but the bad company is working with people that I do want to support. So how do I reconcile that? Something, something, no ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right. Reef, and I mean, theory or something. You're, you're totally right. It's, it's like, there is no good singular answer. No, there there really isn't. And I've I've always said before that if you dig deep enough, you'll find dirt on any company you come across. Right. You know, so. And so it's like, are gotta... we holding companies to an irresponsible standard to like a standard they can't possibly uphold or like how, how do we do this? How do we? I mean, yeah. It's it's just a matter of finding your line and figuring out where you, where you want it to be and how other people feel about it. Be damned, because I mean, I I just said before that we could do our grocery shopping at Walmart, and I don't agree with a lot of their stuff either. But right. at the same time, the other grocery stores around here are expensive as hell. So I at this right now, just because I'm on a, a, a pretty strictly restricted diet um, for health reasons, I have to shop at Hy-Vee. Because yeah. they're the only grocery store in the U.S. that has low food map brands, mm-hmm. so it's like uh, if I found out that you know Hy-Vee was forcing their employees to take puppies out back and beat them with sticks, would I still shop there? I'd probably have to because I don't really have a good alternative. Yeah, and um, that's just how shopping is, unfortunately, and you just got to find your line. Well, that's a bummer. Let's move. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah. I was, I was being flippant anyway. No, no but I, I mean, you're right, though, Alice. It's hard to be a conscientious consumer. You have to kind of just pick a line. Yeah, yeah. And that line's always going to be arbitrary. But we can always strive to do better. So, hey, yeah. Food for thought. All right, we had editorial content this week. So uh, Sam, unfortunately, couldn't make it to the podcast this week because otherwise it would be a super lady cast. Um, But she did um, start up her backlog in the year and she talked about her um, sort of goals for 2020, um, how many games she'd like to beat and like which particular game she'd like to beat. Um, And then she went over sort of what she did from January through March. So check it out. If you have some ideas for what she should play next or, you know, want to check out her current tally and how well she's doing on our goals, check it out. So I, I strongly encourage her to play Golf Story and I think she's going to. So yay. 
All right. Um, we finally have a Persona 5 Royal review. Alex worked so hard on that. Oh, my gosh. So the, this we don't review games until um, we beat them, which is roll credits for whatever that may mean for a particular game. Um, so, yeah, I think he played it for 120 hours, I think he said in his review. Sorry, 150 in his review. Although he has said in the podcast, some of that was like just running in the background when he was making notes and stuff. So yeah, check out our Persona 5 Royal review. Um, we also have a review from Mistover. Um, and I'm trying to remember what Mistover is. A third person dungeon crawler from Crafton Games. Oh, right. Yeah, so this is like the anime... The anime dungeon crawler. It's like it wants to be Diablo, but it's too cute to be Diablo. Hmm. It has like the same art style as like Labyrinth Cross, Lapis Cross Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, super cutesy. All right. Uh, you can check out uh, Jooms' review on that. And we also have an impression on the Bravely Default 2 demo, which we've talked about in pretty deep discussion on the podcast so i don't want to dwell too much on that but the tldr is if you liked bravely default you will probably like bravely default too if you did not like either of the bravely default games this is probably still not for you so Um, i did my survey last night oh good for you did you give lots of feedbacks um it was a pretty bare bones survey it was just tell us liked and tell us what you didn't like and they really didn't give you a lot of opportunity to kind of fill them in on specifics so that's a bummer i wonder if they'll do additional surveys in the future or something yeah because didn't they do a bunch go ahead i at least told them that i wasn't really happy with the difficulty in that particular demo yeah they did say they tuned it quite high yeah there's like a warning that pops up at the start of the demo right Mm-hmm. Yeah, screenshots of it. So, I ju- I just wasn't expecting it to be that high. Ooh, yeah, it, a good I sign. mean, it was pretty hard. Yeah, it was pretty hard. Hmm, interesting. Um, I game over a couple of times, and I usually don't game over in RPGs. So, um, and, and the the rest of the survey was pretty much like, how familiar you are you with? Bravely Default and Bravely Second and Octopath Traveler. It's like, well, I've beat all of these. Okay. okay. Thank you for taking our survey. Interesting. Well, I yeah. hope they have a more in-depth survey in the future. Right. I, I hope so, too. Um, and then um, Sam did write about um, one of her non-RPGs uh, from her backlog in the year. Um, she talked about telling lies, which is really neat. It's... um an FMV game by the same people that that did her story. And you're trying to find keywords to look for different um, pieces of this like ongoing puzzle of um, who are all these people? How did they interact with each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it is really, it is very time consuming for small amounts of content. So you do need to be very patient if you want to play it. Or just play with a guide. All right. We're down to our briefs. Let's run through this quickly. 
Um, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town, has a summer North American release date and is going to come with a strawberry cow purder plushie. It's really tiny, though. Um, the Waylanders roster has been introduced, so check it out if you're interested in Waylanders. Planet Stronghold 2 is now available on Steam. Um, Arc of Alchemist has physical switch pre-orders open via limited run games. Mary Skelter Finale gets first details and some media. I'm so interested in this game. Um, Titan Quest Atlantis is released on consoles. Inazuma 11, The Great Road, has been pushed to 2021, and they have revealed some major story changes. And Mega Dimension Neptunia V2 is heading to Switch. So, our question of the week, I I hope you guys like this one. I I thought it was very timely. So, our question of the week this week is, have you played Final Fantasy VII before? If so, when did you play it, and how far did you get? So, I figured that would be a good lead into the game releases this week. So, we have the... Nope. F- not, not that I'm getting it. So, why not? Uh, well, one, PS4. Remember what I said earlier? Right. You don't want to plug it in anymore. I, I just... I, I can't remember. Is it even planned to come out for PC? Yes. They said that year, a year exclusivity deal. I, it was either a year or six months. Yeah. Yeah, I heard so one year. I, the other thing is, is I kind of, I don't want to say it's like, it's. how do I say this? It's not like I don't care. Because, I mean, my answer to that question is I played Final Fantasy VII a long time ago. I even had the rather rare PC version of the original. Oh. Um, I played just... the PC version. I smacked my yeah. head on the top of the snowboarding cave a lot. Yeah. Um, and, well, there is a, uh, you know, there is a you know, certain nostalgia to it. Um, I think I'm happy to wait, I think, is the general idea. Because I did the same thing with Final Fantasy XV, and I think that worked out rather well. <laughs> And, and, and you end up getting fair. it crazy cheap. Yeah, and I also got it on PC, which was the Royal right. Edition, which had all of the DLC or whatever. Right, right, right. There you- I mean, I don't, I don't blame people for want to wait on it. I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be like thirty or at least forty dollars by Christmas time. But I can talk about my first experience with it next week, provided I'm on. Sounds. So. Good. All right. So just a reminder, if you want to submit feedback, a bunch of different ways to do so. One, go to our website, rpgamer.com, find the latest podcast threads, slap down your reply there. Two, I do try to tweet out a reminder of what the question of the week is. If you follow us at rpgamer on Twitter, um, you can call or text at 608-729-4098, or you can email us, podcast at rpgamer.com. So new game releases this week. Unsurprisingly, Final Fantasy VII Remake is on PS4. Um, the third expansion pack for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is coming out. That's the Fantastic Four. Uh, Galaxy of Pen and Paper Plus One Edition comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And kind of RPG adjacent, uh, Disaster Report 4 Summer Memories hits PC, PS4, and Switch. All right. I think that's the show, ladies. Thanks, hey, everybody. Hey, Hey, I've managed to actually stay here until the end of it. Yay! Woohoo! I think that's the first time in what? A year or a something? A while. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Alice.
It does help that my husband's asleep. <laughs> yeah, he can't drag you away for dinner. Yeah, basically. Uh, thanks, Kelly. Mine is awake and needs to go drive me to the mechanic to pick up my car. And probably get you lunch. Yeah, that too. Thanks, Del North, for our awesome music. Thanks, Forecast, for the encoding. Thanks, Chris, who wasn't on the show but is going to be posting it for us. And uh, what are you going to be playing this week, ladies? Um, More Animal Crossing. I, I forgot to mention I made an RPG cast little design for... Uh, <gasps> for animal crossing because um, a lot of my favorite podcasts were making their logos so i was collecting their posters and was like we need one so it's it's on my twitter account redrock963 i will retweet uh, it on rp gamer um yeah cause i because i have a rpg cast one and i have a rp gamer one and they're pretty much the exact same design Ooh. so if, if you want to if you collect podcast icons in animal crossing um there you go. Or if you just want to wear our colors and, I don't know, make an RPG cast town, invite an angry cat and a, another angry or cuter cat to your town, pretend they're pausing me. <laughs> Certainly more wholesome than Chris's island, that's for sure. Yeah, COVID 2000 has their own uh, flag now and it's well a coronavirus. <laughs> So of we course. won't be sharing that, but I should probably post some screenshots of it. All right, Alice, what are you going to play this week? Um, I'm probably going to play, at the very least, some more Stellaris. Um, there's a patch coming for Monster Hunter World, which adds a couple new monsters, um, and probably also some crappy mobile games, because I just do that. <laughs> I, I do that, too. I'm going to be playing the snot out of Persona five royal and probably a little more animal crossing all right thanks everybody we'll see you next week thank you see ya bye bye have a good week bye bye